Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 93. Oh, are you expecting me to fill this space? <laughs> I was wondering what you would say if I just waited long enough. Things that should not be processed on air. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sets us up for an interesting episode because we, we're kind of winging it a little bit, I feel like. We're recording this a little bit later at night than we usually would because we had to watch the San Antonio Spurs opening game, which they lost, but... It was still very fun. It's Gl- fun. Glimpses of hope. Glimpses of hope. And we haven't had that in a little while. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, I, I mean, this is just our constant refrain. I'm tired. The kids, the past two days, have been, in some ways, super fun. You said to me this morning, oh, Oliver is just such a fun age. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I've ever heard you say that. <laughs> so it was really warm to my heart to have you say that because I think it's true. But to have you say that, I don't know. It was just, it was really special to me that you said that. No, it was true. He was, it's just like he's learning and like it's super cute to watch him report on the things that are going on. So he and I had gone out. We often kind of dump the coffee grounds in the compost and then we check on the trees. And it's becoming a little bit of a tradition that we do most mornings which is very fun because i'm carrying him through this because he doesn't have shoes on and so then we noticed that i don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast but we have got a raccoon or a fox or something that digs at the base of our mandarin tree and what seems to drive them away is to place epsom salts kind of in a circle around but we hadn't done that so then he's telling you oh our digging friend is back because we (laughs) didn't put the salt which is just what we've been talking about i was just like that's very fun like yeah you know he's sharing reporting like learning things about the world he's so engaged so in like family life uh-huh. it's really sweet but him and julian have just been operating on like they're like at level 15 and everyone else <laughs> is at at their best a 10 <laughs> and we are not at our best so their intensity level is just something else last night at dinner they were just like matching each other and pitch their like eyes locked on each other. And Julian just wants Oliver's attention. And mm-hmm. he is just like doing anything he can to get Oliver's attention. But then, of course, Oliver eats it up and thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. Was it two nights ago that Oliver was like pretending to be asleep? And he's like, Dad, wake me up. I was like, wake up. He's like, louder. Wake up. And then Julian started like getting super loud. And then Oliver would go, yes, that's it, Julian. <laughs> smiling super big at him which <laughs> they're just, just going he'll just be like mom <laughs> julian cracks us up <laughs> <laughs> so it's most of the time very cute but they have just been operating at an intensity that i could not muster if my life depended on it these yeah. days so. yeah last night I, i'm home and i'm with oliver and it's just like he is going and I ask you jokingly, like, what did you give him? And you're like, oh, I gave him some Skittles before you came home. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was like our three-year-old was on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but to qualify, like, I gave him, like, a small, tiny halloween size bag of Skittles. So there's, like, eight Skittles in there. So I thought nothing of it. Like, sugar content, not that high. Red, Red dye, dye, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this is our only, our ongoing theory. I mean, it was it was like nothing I have ever seen before in his lifetime. It was, 
It really was watching someone high. It was it was something else. He was bouncing. I off mean, the he walls. was pretty hilarious. It was like a happy high. <laughs> it was it was wild. It was a wild time. And his attention would like he was just shifting us constantly. There was like an ad that came on. We were watching basketball. There was an ad that came on for a cruise. Mom, there's water slides on a boat <laughs> on a boat <laughs> <laughs> that's a big boat <laughs> like at that volume oh my gosh we are dying but all that to say it's brought us out a bit <laughs> yeah tonight on our way home from dinner i'm about to abandon you to bedtime because i've got a meeting in church and we're driving home and you found this Sesame Street bedtime stories, which <laughs> Oliver's requested. And I feel like you should describe these because I feel like you're doing a pretty good job. Like the first eight minutes or so, it's kind of a regular kind of radio drama, but, you know, Sesame Street style. Yeah. Like kid friendly, fun, creative. And then it takes a turn. And these are about 20 minute episodes, but it takes a turn at, between the eight and 10 minute mark. <sighs> and. Can you describe what the second half of this podcast is like? I mean, they're meant to be like bedtime stories. So the whole point is kind of tell kids a story and then it's meant to calm them down. So it's like it's like an adult version of like, you know, calm yoga breathing at the end of the night. It's like, <laughs> and the kids went to the library and in a library, there are books on the shelves. Let's listen to the sounds of the pages of the books. <laughs> and like, this is 10 minutes of this, and which is awesome. Like, I mean, it does legitimately put him into a bit of a trance. So like, they know what they're doing. But for an adult, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do this while I'm in a car. I yeah, have to be I was home. Driving, I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> but I could see that thing would put me to sleep so fast if I was listening to it in the bed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we'll link to that because if you need to like calm a kid down for like a nap, like I did, we listened to one like as we were finishing lunch, getting ready for a nap. And I was like, oh, this this is kind of nice. This is working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see it totally. I mean, it would work to, yeah, put us to sleep. So, uh, uh. Okay. Harmonize science. Well, we're just going to talk maybe somewhat briefly, but I feel like due to some of this intensity and as Julian gets louder and Oliver gets more social and we are kind of in the season of fall things. So we've been out to a pumpkin patch and we've been out to trick or treating and all this stuff. We have kind of been reflecting a little bit on what it's like to parent a toddler and a newborn in public spaces. Yeah. I first noted it down because I was with Oliver and Julian at McDonald's. And Oliver, of course, wanted to play on the play place. And so he was, and that was all good. But the thought ran through my mind, what would I do? Because I have Julian here with me. What would I do if Oliver refused to come out <laughs> from the play place? Because as I mean, you don't have to talk to many people to hear stories like this. Yeah, it's not inconceivable. And, like, I was kind of tired and kind of felt, like, even crabby at the thought. But I was like, I think because there's other people here, I would try to be, like, a very patient and understanding parent. <laughs> like, I feel like there's, like, there'd be a very positive peer pressure on my parenting in this moment. 
And I think also there was somewhat like there'd also been kind of an intense moment with another parent and a kid. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> so anyway, it got me thinking about it and the ways that, yeah, there are kind of there are pressures that might actually sometimes be helpful <laughs> in a public situation. But you have way more like just literal experience, I think, parenting in public because you take those boys you're with them way more during the week and in kind of solo public settings anyway. Like what, what are you, what's your experience like? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, this is so much on the parent. Like this is, this is our stuff. I think at least for me, it feels like my own pressure of like how I am and how my kids are in public is like not fair to put that kind of expectations on the kids that I want them to like basically perform how I think kids should perform and behave properly. Yep. And, and like, that's not them like that. Yep. That is my own stuff that I need to work through my own, you know, insecurities and performance issues and all these things. So mm-hmm. I feel that a lot when I'm in public and I like both. Yeah slightly judge other parents like you said like you see a situation or a parent handle something or a kid do something and you're like whoo like i'm not i'm not gonna be like that you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like i mean not to make it too religious but like the uh i'm it, very curious what you're about to say <laughs> i have no idea what follows that statement <laughs> <laughs> don't have a lot of brain power but like there is when they're talking about praying and they're saying don't pray in the temple like oh thank god i am not like the people who are like this oh the fair yeah the pharisee yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i feel a little bit like that like i'm like oh thank goodness i am not doing that i'm gonna be the calm gentle parent and like look at how well behaved my kid is like they respond to me i'm awesome like you just i just feel a lot of pressure to be that kind of person yeah so I think I really wrestle with that, but I know it's my own stuff. And so I think I have to keep keep looping back to that rather than taking that out on the kids. So it feels like things I need to process outside of like those moments of like, okay, like yeah. what's, what's buried underneath here? And then I think you just have to have like a firm sense of like what what you do as a parent. Like... If I can truly believe that, like, tantrums are not necessarily, like, an issue of bad behavior, mm-hmm. like, they can be age-appropriate, they can just be a kid working stuff out, and really, like, my response to them in that moment is, like, how we're all going to learn. Yeah. If I can truly believe that, <laughs> then, like, if we're out in public and Oliver loses, loses his cool, then... Like, it's just, you can just be like, okay, like if they're screaming, I'm just going to work this out. This is them doing their thing. I can be in public with this, but it's very hard to like internalize that in the moment when you're just like, my kid is screaming and I'm so embarrassed right now because you're just like, but like shutting them down and, you know, just being like, shh, 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 don't, don't yell, don't yell often makes it worse or like it's not necessarily like the most helpful learning tool for them. Totally. But you have to be very confident in that moment about your parenting choices. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Well, and as I think about it, there's kind of two two pressures that I feel. One is the pressure on you as a parent. How are you going to be a parent? And that one I feel like can often be positive because 
you kind of like want to be the parent who's attentive, engaged, like all these things. Totally. So that feels like off, often, not always, admittedly, depending on who you're with and the context you're in, but often that can kind of help bring out your best self <laughs> versus if you're just sort of at your own place and you're exhausted anyway and it's just like you're a little bit more snappy. But there's the other pressure that I think you feel where it's like you also want your kid to kind of be impressive to yeah, other people. Exactly. And like I think I was thinking, you know, we were at the fall festival at our church the other day. And this is a minor minor thing, but like Oliver essentially just wanted to spend all his time on the bounce house. And like in that moment, you're like, my parents are there. His uncle is there. There's lots of people we know are around. And there's part of you that's like, well, come on, buddy. Like, like let's go around. You're wearing costume. Like, let's go around, get candy. Let's like, let's that have, let's have that be a fun thing that we do together. People can look, oh, look at the fan, right? Like, <laughs> and he's just essentially wants to bounce on the bounce house. Now, is it any kind of bad reflection on him that he wants to bounce on the bounce house? No, he's three years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, he just wants to spend the whole time on a bounce house. He doesn't have one of those at home. But there's definitely like that pressure of you wanting your kid to be a certain kind of thing. And that's where I think like that can be really you. I mean, sometimes it's good. Like you want to invite your child into like trying things and exploring and like walking with them into situations that might not be comfortable. But also like it's so tempting sometimes to just run rampant over them to like get them to perform in some way, quote unquote. It is certainly one of the most exposing things, I think, of being a parent is mm. parenting in public. Yeah. Do you find it harder to parent in public in front of strangers or in front of people you know, like on play dates or with family? Hmm. Well, I feel like Oliver is pretty reserved. At least in my, I don't have as much experience on play dates as you do. But typically the context that we've been in is like Oliver is the less sort of powerful figure in the room. <laughs> other kids are either slightly older or are just kind of more comfortable kind of with others. And so Oliver tends to hang back. So like in that respect, parenting becomes kind of easy because it's just like encouraging and being a safe space versus like any needing really to give any kind of discipline. You know what I mean? So in that respect, I feel like I don't I don't have a ton of practice like doing that, like very public parenting. Maybe the closest thing is with family. But even that is relatively limited. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I'm curious. Like, again, you kind of have a little bit more of this under your belt. I think for me, there's something about being with close friends or family where I feel like more pressure to be an intentional parent, which again, sometimes is good. But I think at home, I try to err on, I don't know if anyone would say this about me, the relaxed side. <laughs> but like I try, I try to let Oliver lead or I'm, 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 I try to go with the flow, like, or just like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not now that I'm saying it. No, I do. I, oh, think, I think you do. Yeah. I think you'll like kind of like you're not structuring. Yeah. Like what you're doing so much as letting him. And if he like has an outburst, like he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Like I'll have a conversation with him because I don't want to reinforce that behavior. But 
I don't necessarily go into like discipline mode, uh-huh. but when I'm with family or closer friends, I think I feel like I should go into discipline mode. Oh, interesting. Because like I should be thinking about these things and I feel that kind of. And so and I need them to know that I know it's not okay behavior. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, I don't think that's always bad. I think, but I do like, I noticed that in myself more so than if I were like at a park with strangers and he were to be like, no, I'll be like, like, whatever, don't judge me. I'm doing my own thing. Slash, I don't care if you judge me because I'll never see you again. Interesting. <laughs> so in some ways, yeah, I feel that a bit more with people I know. I don't know I'm, that I'm totally the opposite, like, in any extreme way. But I do think, like, my experience at the McDonald's play place, I was like, I don't know any of these people. But I would want to come across as an amazing parent right now. <laughs> yeah, I think between the two of us, if, like, one of our children is screaming in the middle of Trader Joe's, like, I'm going to be way less bothered about it yeah. than you are. Yeah, that's probably And if someone's sure, screaming, like, in one of our friend's houses while we're hanging out at a play date... You are going to be more bothered yeah. than me. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Uh-huh. Huh. <laughs> I really care what people who don't know me think, apparently. <laughs> I care a lot about people who do know yeah. me. Think. Yeah, they already know us. <laughs> oh, that's super interesting. Anything else to add about parenting in public? I mean, we're just talking about our experience. We're not really giving any kind of sage wisdom or advice, but. Yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like there's any. Yeah, is there a. Is there like, I don't know, I don't want to say a remedy because it's not a problem that we're necessarily discussing, but more an observation about how we're figuring things out. Yeah, I mean, I don't, there is a bit of like, some of this is just the gauntlet you have to run. I mean, we open the podcast by talking about how tired we are and you just can't be at your best all the time. And a chunk of that time is going to be spent in public. And so that's where sometimes the pressures are super helpful because they're going to like help you bring some of your best. And then sometimes you're just going to like fall apart in public. And that kind of is what it is. And I mean, I guess being aware of that allows you to sort of hopefully bring up maybe just a smidge more intentionality and also a little bit more grace for yourself and your child. But (laughs) yeah. And I I don't, I mean, I think as we're talking about this, It is always tempting to parent in a bubble or to parent in isolation. You know, like Mm. if I could just be at home and never have anyone see any of me processing how to parent in public, that would be nice. (laughs) But the reality is that's never going to happen. And also, I don't think that's necessarily the healthiest way. Like, I think part of being in relationship with other people and having your kid be in relationship with other people is inviting people into the process of you figuring out your parenting. And there's just no way you could be prepared to respond in the most healthy way every single time to every parenting situation. And so part of it is being vulnerable enough to say to like the people around you and sometimes strangers in McDonald's like, Hey, I'm working this out. I don't always know what I'm doing, but like, here's how I'm going to live this out with as much grace as I can muster. And I think that's probably good for our kids to see modeled too. Like, we don't always know what we're doing, (laughs) but 
like here's how you walk through life and a world in which you don't always know what you're doing and you can still be like a kind person <laughs> and you can apologize later and yeah exactly mm -hmm. like it's good to invite people along with us in our parenting journey and sometimes that means accepting feedback and sometimes it means like being exposed in those ways and that's not always a bad thing either it's a good note to end on i think but actually before we end i did want to share one thing i loved recently that is beth moore's memoir it's not related at all to what we're talking about but it crossed my mind i was like oh i need to share this on the podcast all my knotted up life is the title and beth moore if you don't know her she's like how would you describe her bible teacher like is written hugely influential Prolific. women's particular yeah, studies uh -huh. on the bible if you're in the evangelical world in the united states you're and you're a woman you've very likely heard of beth moore at some point yes but wow she has quite a story and i not really surprisingly never engaged with anything that she'd done other than her twitter account which i was impressed by but she can write and her story is remarkable and just lots and lots of pain and yeah it was it was a great great memoir i'm not always a memoir person but yeah, this was really an excellent one. Yeah, I mean, it really, I'm, I'm with you. I'm nonfiction can be hard for me to get through, but I never really felt like it was slow. Like, oh, no. she really, like, yeah, she wrote, we both just read this book. So, yeah, it's quite good. My hot take is that I love soccer pants. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a pair of like soccer pants where they're like tapered at the ankle from my work. And I have not taken them off. Since. Yeah, are you wearing them right now? <laughs> I, I really, other than sleeping, I have not taken them off since I got them two days ago. You, you got them yesterday, yesterday, for the record. Okay, like this isn't like you've not been wearing the same soccer pants for five days or anything. But it might happen. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, this is why people wear these. They're different than sweatpants. Different oh, than yeah. sweatpants, people. I never knew. I feel like most and way better know than that. leggings. What was I doing with leggings? These are way better than leggings. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I can only imagine how much better they are than leggings. <laughs> oh guys, they're so good. Anyway, that's my hot take. <laughs> I love that. I didn't know we were doing hot takes, but okay, great. Your hot take, Beth Moore. My hot I don't take, think soccer fan. I, I don't think Beth Moore was a hot take. I think we better slide off. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Uh, until next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your dinner steak.